Agents Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Code Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. Lab Coat Nation. In this week's episode of the Lab Coat Agents podcast, we talked with John Pike about how to make the best hires in real estate. If you have goals for growing your business by adding talent in 2020, you have got to listen to this podcast. John has a strong record and model for success. So let's tune in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast. And once again today, we are going to come with massive value as once again, I have a new friend. We only met recently and have since been in correspondence and I've been learning about what he does and what he does is bring massive value to the real estate industry. I'm talking about the number one best-selling author of the book called The Talent Genius, How the Top 1% of Realtors Build World-Class Teams. He is a industry vet of 10, 10 plus years in the industry. He has assessed, coached, and hired over 1 million clients. And oh, by the way, half those clients have made the Wall Street Journal's Real Trends Top 250, which requires a minimum of 325 transactions per year. Mr. John Pike, welcome to the show. I'm looking forward to uh, to chatting today. Likewise, thank you so much for having me as a guest. Awesome, so again, as always, I assume an audience doesn't know who the hell you are. Hopefully some do and they're excited about this as I am, uh, but let's assume most don't. So let's tell them about who you are, how you came up in the business, how you got into the kind of the real estate world. Tell us about you. Okay, absolutely. Thank you so much. So first, maybe what I'll do is I'll give you just three quick success stories in the industry, and then I'll backtrack and kind of let you know how I got here. So, so uh, one of my clients, Jeff Cook in Charleston, uh, he's been working with me now for quite some time, and he's moved from just over 300 sides to over uh, 1,500. Tam- Tammy and Fred Holmes in Dayton, Ohio, started working with me. They only were doing about 100 transactions a year. Now they're up to almost 500. And then another one, uh, just for the sake of time, is a guy out in California, Tom Daves. He was a solo agent, uh, had two full-time admin. And in his second full year working with me, uh, we built a team for him and he uh, achieved over 400 sides just within his first two years. So um, those kind of results um, are only capable based on some of the things that uh, that we have to offer. So let me, let me just kind of give you a little bit of background for context, because context is pretty much everything. So I started at a young age working for the largest sales training company in the world, okay? So these are actually the people that founded sales training back in the middle 60s. Uh, they're the 800-pound gorilla, the least risk vendor. I mean, it was fairly easy to sell because nobody really ever got fired. 85% of the Fortune 500 used this company for all their sales training, okay? And, um, but what happened after two years of a lot of success with them, I kind of had a crisis of conscience. What I found out shocked me. Do you realize that at almost every company globally, 20% of the salespeople 
consistently sell 80% of the total sales revenue. Sounds about right. The 80 rule, the Pareto principle. And in real estate, it's actually 5% sell 95%. And the two biggest variables for that, contributing to that, are because there's a high amount of retirees and part-time people. So I actually resigned. Can can I add one more category to that? Absolutely. Lazy. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, just had to do it. Yeah, well, when the average transaction per per person, you know, is like three to five annually, right? Uh, yeah, that's not that's not too high. That's certainly a part time a part time role. So what I found though is that um, the tr- after the training, the high performers continue to be high performers, and the low performers continue to be low performers. So there was no direct causal link between the training and an increase in sales. And so, Jeff, one of the things that we talked about uh, is that for those people that kind of stick around to the end, um, I'll be happy to send you a copy of my, uh, my book that you can buy on Amazon for $20, but no need to do that. Uh, what you can just do is send me an email and um, how the top 1% of realtors build world-class teams. It's got a lot of uh, practical tips in, in terms of how to, um, how to close the gap and not make mistakes as it relates to uh, hiring new people. I love it. So, so what do you, what do you mention there? Let me repeat. So he's going to give away his book uh, to those who are podcast listeners. So if you're a podcast listener, uh, we're going to give you his contact information at the end of the podcast. You didn't think we were going to give it to you right now, did you? Uh, but you're going to wait to the end and we're going to give it to you. And he's going to give those away to anybody who shoots him an email and says that you listen to the podcast. So carry on my friend. Awesome. So because of, because you know, typically only the high performers continue to be high performers or had really good increases and the low performers continue to be low for them. There really was not a direct correlation between this world-class training and an increase in sales. So I just had to find out, well, why is that? What is it that the 20% have that the 80% really never will have, right? Is there some, some things that, are, that we can scientifically quantify so that when it comes to hiring, we can take you know the hiring effectiveness from basically one and five to four and five or eight or nine out of ten. And the answer is absolutely. So my journey took me to Greensboro, North Carolina to uh, to learn from one of the co-founders of the Center for Creative Leadership, which is though every year they're in the top five for one of the best leadership companies in in the world. And uh, what I found is that um, the the foundation of all personal development or personal growth is something that they call self-awareness. In other words, if you don't know what you don't know, you're powerless to do anything about it. So the vast majority of the you know, Fortune 1000 typically rely on a company like CCL to help with executives that have derailed or they hit a wall and we're trying to get them to a higher level of effectiveness or people that are on the fast track or high potentials. So they use a series of all these very advanced psychometric tools to give them a tremendous amount of rich data to elevate their understanding of their strengths and of their deficiencies so they can focus more deliberately on what they naturally do well. Now, because science and research is so important to me, pretty much everything that I do is backed by statistics. So we did a a seven-year research study. Uh, We evaluated over 200,000 people in 23 different countries, every role, every position, from entry level all the way up to CEO. And uh, we found that there are only two common characteristics of the most successful people. So only 9% of this 200,000 
achieved all their performance objectives in a given year. The 91, other remaining 91% did not. So all the findings are in this. The forward is uh, by uh, Tony Robbins and uh, another um, Marshall Goldsmith. Uh, fantastic uh, information here. And, and what he's showing is, so most people who lis listen to the podcast don't actually watch it. You were showing a book that's called What's Your Genius, just to give them some context. Right, right, absolutely. And the author is Jay Niblick. What's Your Genius, Jay Niblick. So from that, we learned that the two, the two characteristics, which is encouraging because they can be learned, are one's called self-awareness. So CCL was right. The Center for Creative Leadership was right. Now we had quantitative data to, to prove you know, how important self-awareness is. And then the second was what we call authenticity. So again, self-awareness, self-knowledge, the more we know about you know, our likes, our dislikes, uh, our style, our strengths, our deficiencies, then we're in a better position to pick a, a job or a role that's really tightly aligned with what we naturally do well. I'm talking about talents or abilities, not skills, something that you learn. And then the second characteristic is what we call authenticity. So the more authentic that, that we are, according to how we're gifted, right, the higher the level of performance because we don't have to try to be someone that we're not. We're not having to be counterfeit, right? So uh, that's, those are the two characteristics. So uh, that's definitely a game changer in terms of research because when we help people to better understand their sweet spot and where they're going to perform consistently at a high level, whether it's administration, whether it's inside sales, whether it's a buyer agent, a listing agent, you know, transaction coordinator, whatever that role might be, it's really a game changer, an absolute game changer. So when it comes to, you know, scaling and growing a team and, and, and obviously these, these intangibles that you talk about, I mean, how, how is this, how, do, how apply it? Now let's apply it and, and, give, some, and give some context as to, as to how an agent. So again, we're talking to, and you and I discussed this before we, we went live, is we're talking to probably some broker owners that already have teams and some team leads that already have teams. And we're talking to a lot of agents that may just aspire to have teams or know that, Hey, at some point I'm going to need to hire a transaction coordinator. I'm going to have to hire a buyer's agent. I want to grow. I want to scale. Give us some, give, give us some examples of some things that, that, that they can be doing to actually implement this in their business. Right. Sure. So right now is probably what the, uh, the, one of the fiercest times in our economy right now for talent. Uh, we have the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years, uh, lowest in history for Asian Americans, African Americans, uh, Mexican Americans, and for women, 70 years. So a lot of companies out there, they realize that the key to their success and to really create leverage, everybody that's on the call that's a broker owner really went into, into business for one of two reasons, time and financial freedom or autonomy. They didn't want to, to work for somebody else. They wanted to call their own shots. That's it. Okay. So in order to achieve your goals, uh, you know, and to scale quickly and the most effectively and fast, you have to build a team. So one of the things that I find is that most, you know, even something as simple as writing an ad is an, there is an art and a science to even something as simple as writing an ad. Let me give you just a, a couple of examples. And by an ad, we're talking about an ad for hire. An ad to help attract, yes, people that you, you know, you've, You've got a couple of positions open and you've got to find people or attract them to your company. So how do you do that, especially in a hyper competitive market with the unemployment rate so low? Well, first practical suggestion is you have to know what keywords to use. That is paramount. That's first and foremost. If you use the wrong keyword, you're out of luck. 
Because if no, if you use a keyword that nobody else is searching for, no one's going to find your ad. So it's amazing how many people just don't even know what keywords to use. So let me give you just one quick example. If you're looking for a transaction coordinator, you would never put transaction coordinator in the, uh, in the subject line because simply people aren't looking for it. However, that falls within the category of administrative assistant. So if you want a transaction coordinator, you could put administrative assistant dash transaction coordinator, but never just transaction coordinator. The second thing that's really uh, most important is the amount of money that you're offering, okay? Because people are going to search typically the filter by a certain range of money, whether it's uh, sales. And incidentally, let me mention to you, if you don't use a minimum of $80,000 uh, annual income, you're pretty much wasting your time. Because the niche or the, the, the market that you want to go after are people that are interested in making at least $80,000. Okay, but, but, but let me stop you right there. Like that right there is a red flag for so many individual agents because some of these agents might be thinking to themselves, well, crap, I'm making 80 grand or I just got over that level. How in the hell do you expect me to be able to afford somebody at that kind of cost? Right. Well, most of the time, and this is something that you need to put into the compensation, it says straight commission, no cap on earnings. It's the very rare exception that a broker owner is going to pay a salary. Now, some of my, some of my actual clients do pay a salary. They provide a guarantee, right? Um, in fact, one of my clients in Minnesota, I th his average income for his salespeople is something like $170,000. It's pretty high. So he guarantees a certain level. I think it's a $70,000 guarantee for first-year income. However, the risk to us is pretty much minimal because we assess them and we know with about a 90% degree of certainty that they're going to make it rain and they're going to be a rock star. So that's a good, that's a good point. But the thing is, if you, if you set the bar really low, you don't want people that are just looking to make $40,000 or $50,000. Now, why is that? Again, I want to get back to research. We, we conducted a global research study. We took the, the single highest performer at 187 different companies. And the thing that they shared in common the most was a high economic motivation, a high economic drive. So those of you that are listening, you've seen this countless times. You interview somebody, they look the part, they say the right thing, and then you, you, you hire them and you're like, man, where is the person, right, that I interviewed? <laughs> because that, that same person that I hired from the interview is not showing up every day. Most of the time, it's because they don't have a high economic drive. So they're reaching a level of satisfaction or fulfillment a lot sooner than people are really highly economically motivated, okay? So the compensation that you put is really important. Can I, can I also interject one thing too is, uh, obviously this, uh, the income that John is speaking of is relative to your market too. Like, like what you might offer somebody in San Diego or New York is totally different than what you might do in Arkansas or Kansas or Missouri, right? Yep. It, it's yep. relative. So don't, don't, don't li listen to this and think, Oh my God, no way. It's all relative. Right. Right. Sorry. As a, as a general rule, that's a pretty reliable statistic. Right. You know, I have a client in Arkansas, California. I mean, they all pretty much use that 75 to $80,000 threshold because again, you want the, the better salespeople, regardless of the market, if it's a $130,000 price point, a $600,000 price point, well, we had a person in Minnesota, never had a day of sales experience as a former pastor. Listen to this story. 
he had some of the best assessments we've ever seen. And in his first year, he sold over $15 million worth of real estate. Now I'm talking about a cottage country environment. They only have 50,000 people. And in the summer, it swells to about 200,000. Wow. And the average price per home is around 240 to 260,000. Wow. And in his second year, he did 25 million. Wow. No sales experience. Wow. But again, he had fantastic problems. Now here's probably the most, what, you know, the third most important uh, tip that I can give anybody that's looking to place an ad. Less is way more. Less is way more. So what happens is candidates are going through these ads, right? And there's so much information on the ads. They only have about enough energy and stamina to make it through about five or six or seven of those ads. So what happens? Here's, here's something that's really important to understand. That's uh, some uh, research from the concept of neuroscience, right? The brain is constantly uh, scanning for contrast. So the more contrast, the less energy the brain uses and the more thinking and analyzing that takes place, right? So what you want to do to make your ad stand out is you want it to be really short, very succinct and impactful, okay? So you want to keep it really to the bare bones. And since if it's a salesperson's ad, you want to say something like, you want to emphasize your competitive differentiators. Like some of my clients, it would sound something like this. We have more leads than we can handle and therefore we need you. We invest $40,000 per month in advertising. We have a guaranteed home sale program, celebrity endorsements. Why? Because we want to spend, have you spending what you do best most of your time, which is, you know, being face to face with people and selling, you know, that type of thing. Uh, a lot of my clients also have inside salespeople so that they scrub and qualify the lead so that the salespeople again can spend most of their time being face to face. Now, so, if, so, if somebody's thinking to themselves, where do I find this content or, you know, copyright? Is there a place, is there a resource other than Google that they can go to, because I think what you said is, is critical, not only keywords, which as by the way, that's parallel over to social media and other platforms and Google, but sure. uh, also understanding how, I, I call this a hook and I use it in video all the time. Like your, your videos should always open with a hook. It's got to grab the attention and this is no different. And right. I think most recruiters are all the same. Like you, we all get recruiting emails. They all have the same stupid bullet point list. They all have the stupid copyright and they wonder why they never get any replies because there's nothing that catches my eye. There's no differentiator. So is there a resource that you recommend to people uh, where they can go when they're writing copyrights, when they need copyright, when they need that hook where they can go and find good examples or good ideas? I mean, I think you could do a search and just kind of take a look at what some of your peers are doing in the industry is helpful. Most of them are horrible, so you don't really want to copy them. There's no resource that I really know of. The most important thing, Jeff, is for each of the individuals to be able to not only know what their unique selling propositions are, but also to be able to articulate them, right? So really... The nuances and uniqueness is going to be uh, personalized to each individual broker owner. So everyone's going to, everyone's message is going to be slightly different, but you have to pick the ones that you think are going to resonate, resonate the most uh, with the people that are uh, you know, looking for a position. Now, there's, there's a concept or a word that you just mentioned also that's critical. Hardly anyone is doing this, but people make decisions more based on what they see 
than based on what they read. So if you're placing an ad, video is critical. It's absolutely, hardly, hardly anybody does this. This is what I advocate for all my clients. It's a differentiator right then and there. Why? Because hardly anybody else is doing it. And they get an opportunity to see and hear you talk about why you're thankful that, they're con- that they are considering an opportunity with you, okay? Again, it needs to be very short, 30 to 60 seconds. Knock it out, right? We just did one of these for Brad Korb in Burbank, California. He's been in the business over 40 years. He's, he invests $40,000 a month in advertising. He's got celebrity endorsements, a guaranteed home sale program. In other words, if they don't sell the home with a certain period of time, they'll buy it. They have inside salespeople to scrub leads. Those are a lot of very compelling, unique selling propositions, but it's even more powerful when someone's seeing it and hearing it than versus just in text. So, so let, make- me, let me ask you something real quick before you carry on. When, it, when, it, when you say, you know, the, the first thing I think of when you think of a, an ad for hire, I'm thinking Craigslist or, you know, the newspaper, which I, I know is antiquated. But then you say video, which I 1 million percent agree with. We talk about this all the time. Video, you have to get in the video game. Where, is, where are you placing these ads where you can embed video? Yeah. So um, one of the, you know, a couple of options, some of the most prevalent or common resources for that would be something like a zip recruiter. Uh, Another one that's very common uh, to the real estate industry. uh, I use it extensively. Um, I've known the owner for the last two decades. I probably use, you know, use it more than anybody, you know, globally. And that's a, a tool called wise hire. And what these tools do for those of you, in case you're not familiar with it, is they, they push your job out to about 60, in WiseHire's case, or ZipRecruiter, 100 different job boards. You know, companies like Indeed, right? That's the, by far the largest and the most important. But so it gives you maximum reach, and it also gives you a, sort of like a, provides an applicant tracking system. So it, it kind of keeps track of every person that, that applies. So that's something that's definitely very helpful as well. Very good. Awesome. So let, let me ask you a question. And, and we've been talking about this whole hiring process and, and you hear this, uh, there's this quote um, in the hiring world that says, hire slow, fire fast. Is that the right strategy? Absolutely not. And you know, Jeff, you didn't even realize that my second book, uh, I know people can't see it. It's called Hire Fast, Fire Fast. So this Definitely, um, the the hire slow, fire fast principle is one of those kind of sacred cows that's been around forever, right? But it absolutely will lead you down the wrong path, okay? So what you want to do is you want to hire fast, fire fast, especially in this market. So this is due out sometime in 2020. Uh, Again, the title is hire fast, fire fast. It's going out to over 200 media outlets, CBS, NBC, all that. But it is absolutely categorically wrong to hire slow and to fire fast. Now, there's a lot of reasons for it. Number one, we're in the most difficult um, market right now from an unemployment point of view. If you drag your feet and call it being selective, you're going to get your lawn mowed and and someone's going to get an offer and they're going to be off the market. Okay. Uh, The other dynamic is if you're taking a long time, it's off-putting to the candidate. And, uh, you know, how many times do people get strung along and it takes 
you know, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. They have to bring them back three and four times. You need to streamline your, your selection and recruitment process so that it's very, very quick. All right. Okay. Okay. And so I, can, I think it's easy to understand hiring fast, right? Don't draw it out. But firing fast, uh, why? It sounds nasty. It sounds mean. You know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, th- there's quite a few entrepreneurs that really struggle with it. They have a hard time with it. It's, you know, let's face it. It's another human being. However, you've got to come to the realization that you're actually doing the person a favor because really they don't under, they don't realize that they're not well suited for that specific position. It's going to be impossible for them to thrive. Okay. So Harvard business review put it this way. They said that it was something along the lines of talents and that regardless of how urgent the business situation, if someone doesn't have an innate talent to do something, it's pointless because they're never going to be able to do it. Okay. So you're actually doing a favor uh, for releasing a person or having them do a different job within the company that is a better match. The, the biggest challenge is that not only the employee, but the owner don't have enough information to know where that person is a good fit and where they're going to thrive. Okay. And in sales, it's a lot more obvious because if you don't get the numbers, right, then it's, you know, it's, it's, it's more painfully obvious in terms of whether the person is going to do well. So having somebody continue to linger on a staff can also be demotivating for those people that are good at what they do as well, because they have to pick up the slack uh, for the person that's not very good uh, in that position. So, okay. So, so that my, my analysis or, or my recap of what you're saying is that, listen, folks, if you're, you're running a business, number one, uh, and you're going to run teams and you want to scale you're, I, I know it sounds, uh, it, it, it sounds cold, but you have to get over the fact that you cannot keep people employed because, oh, they have a family. It's around the holidays, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you, you're running a business. So do you want to be successful or not? You have to decide which one you want. And I think that's where this philosophy comes in. I'm curious to obviously read the book when it comes out. It sounds very intriguing. Uh, but I want to I quickly segue over to another topic, which sure. is very common in the real estate industry, which is uh, disc profiles and pro- personality assessments. How that is highly used and used at a very high level in many organizations. There's brokerages that live by them. What's your take on, on those profiles? Uh, personality instruments are, are very powerful. They're very effective. But because they are one-dimensional in that they're only taking a look at evaluating behaviors or personality styles, they're extremely limited. So let me talk a little bit more about that. Uh, I use the DISC profile extensively. It's a fantastic tool for understanding a person's communication style, for team building, right? However, again, getting back to research, this this next uh, statistic will probably uh, surprise you. Over 100 years of collecting data, they have found or it's been revealed that if you use just a personality instrument alone, just by itself, for hiring, you have only a slightly better chance of making a a good hire than just looking at a person's resume and making a hiring decision based on just looking at the resume alone, not even meeting the person, just marginally better. People are much more complex than just their personality. So let me 
since you know you have the advantage of just the the audio only, let me give you a, a, a I guess a visual picture to help really drive this home. I want you to think about an iceberg for a moment. So what's ha what happens with the iceberg is that in an interview, 12%, you're able to only see 12% of the iceberg or the person, which is their personality, how much warmth they have, how outgoing, you know, their sense of urgency, et cetera. The remaining 88% that's below the surface, what you can't see are the most important characteristics as it relates to making the best, consistent, great hire. Things like persistence, drive, initiative, handling rejection, being able to connect with people on an emotional level quickly and easily, problem solving, and a whole host of other things. So the bottom line is this. If you're just looking at and trying to base your decision based on the interview and your experience of a person from that exchange, or if you go to the extra step of using a personality instrument, Myers-Briggs, uh, you know, this profile, and there's a whole host of, you know, others out there, you are going to get burned at least 80% of the time, at least 80% of the time. And that's part of the reason why the 2080 rule exists. 20% of the salespeople sell 80% of the volume because simply put, corporations, business owners are basically shooting from the hip. They're throwing darts, they're rolling the dice. They have no quantifiable evidence or guarantee right? That the person that they're selecting is going to be a, a good performer, a high performer. So yeah, personality instruments, they're good from, uh, you know, from a communication standpoint, from a sales training point of view, from a team building point of view. I also use them for recruiting, but they are the very least important of, you know, the dimensions. So what I use is a three dimensional profile. The second dimension measures, why do you do what you do? Or what is it that motivates or drives you? So I mentioned before, that money, high economic drive is the number one, you know, most common thing among the elite salespeople, the number one salespeople, you know, in the country. So we actually have a tool that measures a person's economic drive. We also, the second most important driver for sales is achievement drive. How much do they have to prove? How much do they want to be front and center? How much do they want to be the leader? How much will they assert themselves to be number one? So if that score is low, they want to fly under the radar and not be seen or heard. Well, that is a, almost a death nail for sales. If you just, you know, have no motivation to be visible and, you know, to be in a leadership position. Uh, the third and most important uh, profile, which is, again, getting to that 88% below the surface, actually measures innate talent, not skills. Some, a skill is something that you can learn. A talent is something that you were either born with or that develops over time in the neural pathways of the brain. And so that's why what I do is a total game changer. That's why Jeff can go from 300 to over 1500 and, and uh, Tammy, uh, you know, and Fred from 100 to over 400. And all my clients are just able to really crush it because it's about getting the right people in the right seat. What about uh, references? Do you recommend, you talked a little about resumes. We've now talked about several dimensions to, to hiring. Uh, what about calling on references and then how important is that? Boy, that's a, that's a slippery slope. Um, references are very difficult. Um, you think about this for a moment. If you're a candidate, are you going to provide any references that are going to say anything negative about you? Touche. Highly, highly doubt it. If you're going to go down that road, uh, what I would do is I would try to find out some other people that worked uh, or surrounded that individual and try to get in touch with them and talk to them versus the people that actually have been uh, recommended that you speak with. Most of the time, 
right? Like I have people that ask me for a recommendation and I'll say, absolutely. What would you like me to say? What do you want me to emphasize? Tell me a little bit about the opportunity and exactly what they're looking for. And of course, you know, I'm not going to uh, speak out of, you know, out of, um, you know, I'm going to still stay in integrity, but I'm going to say, what are the things that are most important to them that you know about that I can emphasize to let them know that this is a good fit? So, you know, people coach the references. You'd be crazy not to. So I don't place hardly any credence upon uh, references. I also do not place any credence upon education or lack of it. In real estate. Uh, yeah, absolutely not. You could be uh, someone that just has high school. In fact, uh, the guy at Keller Williams that I referenced in California, just a high school student. As soon as I told him, I don't care whether you have a university degree or not. It means absolutely nothing. I have a master's degree. Who cares? Right. It has to do with more so your brain and how your brain is hardwired, whether or not you're going to be you know, uber successful. So um, experience or lack of it. Case in point, the pastor never sold one thing in his life. You know, went from souls to sales, right? Um, so, uh, you know, we've seen it hundreds of times. All those really, those things don't matter. So what that means is you should not discount anyone. Uh, there's a lot of times that the people have short stays on their resume, okay? Well, I went through a period of time when I was working in the technology sector. There was a lot of volatility. There was a merger, a buyout, an acquisition, and a bankruptcy. I had four jobs in four years. Everything was completely out of my control. I had absolutely no bearing or influence on those four jobs in four years. So sometimes it can be a real red flag that they're a job hopper and that they lack continuity, but other times not. So you have to just be careful about making um, statements like that. Resumes. Resumes are going to lead you down the wrong path. If it's done by a professional, it overstates their ability. If, if they do it themselves, it understates their ability. So Writing a resume is an art and a science as well. Most people are clueless when it comes to how to position and present themselves. Um, so you can't rely on a resume. Case in point, in Dayton, we had a gal who was basically working for a network marketing company. Okay, Nothing on her resume said that she would be successful. We assessed, we, the assessment results for her came back from the profiles. Some of the best profiles you'd ever see. We hired her very quickly based on my recommendation. And over a four-year period, she helped close over 400 homes hmm. as an inside salesperson. 400 homes. In her, first, uh, her fourth week on the job, she had scheduled 27 face-to-face -face appointments in her fourth week on the job. Were there That's, any were there any indicators along the hiring process that said she's going to be great? Well, only from the standpoint of her personality, which was so amiable and friendly, and just had so much enthusiasm and such a great uh, voice. But again, if we only took that, she had to have the motivation and the drive, and also the intangibles of the persistence and the drive, and the handling rejection, the connecting with people. She was just exceptional. So she was a high I and probably pretty high on D as well. Yeah, she's a moderate D and a high I. Got it. Awesome. Yep. That's good. It's good. Good uh, example. So uh, let's just say we've moved down this path now, and and we've given a bunch of examples of of how you're assessing the talent that you're looking for. But what about when you get to the interview? Like that's got to be one of the most critical pieces of all of this because as uh, what I've taken from this is 
not that you've poo-pooed everything, but you're basically saying, don't judge everything off personality. Don't judge everything off a resume. Don't judge every, anything off a reference, right. uh, for example. So obviously then the interview is critical. However, we also mentioned earlier, I've felt this personally, I have interviewed people that I was like, oh, damn, this is going to be good. And then it's like it was a facade of who they really were. How do you how do you get through that? How do you siphon through the fluff and the BS to find what a person and who they really are and what you're going to get? From my experience of having helped assess, coach or train over three million people the last three decades and uh, close to a million people specific to real estate, there's only one way that you can move the needle from just guessing and, you know, and, and basically one in five to 80% or higher. And that's by having advanced analytics and relying on science. So let me mention a quote, uh, one of my favorite quotes I picked up from last year. It says, as entrepreneurs, the single most important thing we, we need to protect is not our bank account. It's not our reputation. It's not even our network. It's our confidence. Think about that for a minute. So what happens, business owners, hiring managers, here's what typically happens. 99% of the time, they'll bring somebody in, they'll interrogate the crap out of them, they'll ask them and pepper them with questions for about 50 minutes straight. Why? Because they're reluctant, they're apprehensive, they're nervous, they're uneasy, they have a, tra a poor track record right, of hiring in the past, so they think they need to interrogate the person. And then almost always, it's like clockwork. Oh, we only have five minutes left with the time remaining. You know, what questions do you have? Well, let me tell you something. Again, getting back to some research, 60% of the candidates that go on an interview have a negative experience in the interview. And you can see why, because everyone's using the old school traditional interview, which is interrogate the heck out of them, right? Now watch this. When we have access to the kind of analytics that we provide, here's how we completely reverse and reinvent the hiring process. I would say, Jeff, hey, Jeff, thanks so much for your interest in working with us and your profiles, incidentally. Thanks for taking the time to take them. You scored in the top 5 to 10% of the best salespeople nationally. Okay, It's not a matter of if you're going to succeed. It's a matter of how, you're, how well you're going to succeed. But... In order to make sure this is a good fit, we want to we want to spend some time with you face to face. Now, let me let me mention something. We're very different than any other company out there that you'd ever want to interview with. After we have the initial meet and greet and say hello, I'm going to give the floor to you for the first 20 to 25 minutes. Please come prepared to ask questions because you know something? We realize the importance of making a new career decision. It's one of the most one of your most important life decisions. You're going to spend the best waking hours of your day at a new job. We want to make sure that you have all your questions answered and that, you know, it's a great fit. Then after you finish asking us questions, we're going to spend some time asking you some questions and then we're going to collaborate. And at the end, there will be no mystery in terms of where we go from here, right? You're not going to have to get dressed up, drive, leave, and not have any clue as to how, where you stand or, you know, if you're going to get called back. We're going to collaborate. We'll tell you right then and there on the spot. Man, my clients do that. They are killing it, right? See, when it comes to interviewing and hiring, every other company around you is your competitor, right? Because they could potentially hire that great person away from you. But when you flip the interview like that 
and you give them a, a phenomenal compliment at the, on the front end that says you're in the top five or 10%, we know you're going to be successful. Um, it's just a matter of how successful with us. And you say that's how your, how your interview process works. Do you think the person has a higher chance of showing up versus being a no-show? You would better believe it. Are you, so, be, are you, are you BSing everyone? Like, are you just saying that to everyone, whether they test that way or not? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. Because you know what? My clients, they're, some of my clients know what their uh, hourly uh, amount of money, how much they're worth every hour. And so the great thing about this tool is we don't even, they don't even get an invite to the party unless they're in the top 10 or 15%. Some of my clients will say, oh, okay, give me anybody that falls within the 20% range. So because we have this, this, these advanced analytics, we know that the person is, a, is never going to has, never has a prayer when it comes to, to sales. So we're not going to even reach out to them. Okay. But for those that complete the assessment and they score in the top, you know, five to 10%, man, we're, we're right on it. We're calling them, we're emailing them immediately and we're trying to get them in. And here's another question, uh, as a business owner, you need to, you know, in, include in your repertoire. Um, would you, would you mind telling me where you are in your interview process? I don't need to know the companies that you're looking at, but I kind of would like to know if you're on the five yard line and expecting an offer with another company, because we want to be considerate to you. And if we need to fast track things a little bit and you need to meet some other people, you know, uh, then we want to, we want to be accommodating so that you can make the best decision. I like it. See, it's all about the candidate, but because people have been burned so many times in the past, because they only have a personality instrument to use, you know, to give them, a, you know, some additional indication whether they're going to work. Everyone's operating out of fear, out of apprehension and out of, you know, a scarcity. So that's why they're, they're killing them with questions. And it's no wonder the person's, you know, insulted. It's really off-putting. Yeah, I get it. So it's a, it. it's a total different way uh, of doing it. Awesome. Well, I think uh, we've covered a lot of bases here. We're running short on time. So I just want to ask kind of one uh, all-encompassing in question here, which is, you know, I've listened now, let's just say I've listened to the podcast. It's like, I know I want to grow. Uh, where do I go from here? So the best thing to do is to uh, just maybe reach out to me via email, john at the talentgenius.com. So that's my first name, J-O-H-N at the talentgenius.com. And my company name, The Talent Genius, was actually derived from that book that I mentioned before, What's Your Genius, that seven-year research uh, study that we did. So, and I'd be happy to send you a copy of uh, the PDF of that book for free instead of, you know, paying $20 for it. And uh, if you would like to have any other information or have any questions, don't hesitate, you know, to ask them and I'll be happy to get back to you. So when it comes to that, let's just say somebody does say, you know what, first of all, I want a copy of your book. But at the, at the, on the other side of the coin is how can you help me? You know, you've given a lot of great advice, but you all, you and I both know that when it comes to so many different strategies like social media and video and stuff, it's like, you know what, I just want it done for me. So John, how can you help me? Clearly, you're the expert on the topic. How can you help me hire more? Um, you know, how can you help me hire better candidates? So 99% of our clients we work with, it's called the done for you hiring program. And basically we handle everything except actually interviewing the candidate. Occasionally someone will say, I need one key hire, right? And, and, you know, like an a la carte hire and that's one fixed price. And we'll, we'll, we'll do that. And then we will interview them. But 
what happens is we handle everything, your ad copy, um, publishing it to all the different ad, ad uh, job boards, uh, evaluating and assessing all the candidates that apply, and then only cherry picking the best of the best and then sending it to whoever at the company is the person that's the point person for uh, bringing the person in for an interview. And one of the reasons why um, the people, the broker owners like this model so much is it's an all you can eat model. It's one fixed price per month. It never goes up. You know, you, you know what it's going to be and you, it's good for unlimited amount of hires, unlimited amount of evaluating people. So uh, I've been doing this for 10 years. I first got my start when I did a keynote in Dallas with a company by the name of radio and television experts. I was the lead keynote speaker. Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank was a middle speaker. Glenn Beck was a wrap-up speaker. And that's how I initially got started. It wasn't even on my radar screen. I stepped off stage. I didn't know there was about a 95% turnover rate in real estate. 20 people signed up on the spot. And uh, kind of that's how things have gone from there. So it's been, a, it's been an incredible ride. I love it. I love it. So, you know, I think the biggest takeaway from my perspective is that, you know, you just gained a ton of great knowledge and tips on how to hire and, and how to more effectively go down that path. However, there is another resource. So, you know what, listen, I get it. A lot of us are, 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 are confident and we think we can do this on our own. Believe me, I've been there and it's a challenge and it's very hard to hire good people because a bad hire costs you far more um, over the long run. And so, uh, I think it's important to heed this advice, but also, you know, use these resources. I think a lot of people don't even realize that companies like yourself even exist. And yeah. so um, that's, that's very valuable. So we've got your email address, john at the talentgenius.com. Is there also, uh, do you have a website? Uh, can we follow you on social media? Give us, give us the, those handles. Yeah. So the, the, my website is the talentgenius.com. And uh, one thing that I'll mention, Jeff, is uh, my clients have been after me for years to come up with a video-based uh, hiring and retention program. So I'm in a pre-release of that right now. If, you if you're interested in that, um, it's basically going to give you all the best practices from start to finish, how to onboard a new hire so that their productivity will be 70% higher and retention will be 82% higher. There's an art and a science as to how to specifically do that. Our tool will actually tell you if you have any flight risks or have any people on your current team that are looking to leave. In fact, I've, I'm going through this process right now with two of my clients and both of the broker owners are flight risks. In fact, so I'll just mention one. One guy has been in the business for over 20 years and he's, he's been going pedal to the metal. He's starting to get a little worn out and weary and starting to think about, okay, what's my exit strategy? So talk about, we were doing it mostly for his staff to see who we need to be proactive and have a conversation with. And by doing this, I've helped hundreds of people from leaving, you know, a company because we have an advance notice, something's up and we can talk to them about it. In this case, both of the owners of the company were thinking about making a change. Wow. So uh, sometimes that happens, right? So um, anyway, the, I finally am, am doing, doing that, uh, that program because I've had so many requests to, to over the last three decades, give me all the practical tips and, and things as it relates to hiring uh, because it's such a critical part of the business. Fantastic. So again, uh, make sure you email John at the very worst to get a copy of his book at John at the Um, Obviously I assume you're on Facebook, Instagram. Are you on those various platforms? I am on Facebook. Yes. Awesome. And where can they find you under John Pike? 
Yes, under John Pike, correct. P Y. Yeah, my last name is P Y K. I also have a pretty robust uh, LinkedIn profile. Uh, In fact, that's one of the things that we help people with is you know positioning themselves. So that that might be the best way to get in touch with me is my LinkedIn profile. Awesome. Awesome. Well, John, this has been uh, very insightful. I very much appreciate this. This is not a topic that I think a lot of people talk about. It's tip, you know, when on real estate podcasts, we're typically talking about various strategies and whatnot. But this is kind of a, you know, one of those under the table, sweep it under the rug topics. And I think a lot of people actually, uh, you know, myself included, I've had many failures when it comes to hiring. And so if you are, have you do have a team or you're growing a team or you want to grow a team, um, I think this is extremely valuable. And so as always, you know, please uh, don't keep us a secret. Obviously, uh, you know, our success on this podcast and, and as Lab Code agents and continuing to collaborate and give back to the to the industry is by sharing. That's how we grew the Facebook group. And that's how we intend to continue to grow our podcast. Uh, so please don't keep us a secret. And, and, and always, you know, give us your feedback. Uh, give us a rating. We would love the positive, the positive ratings because it does help. Uh, the the um, the growth of our podcast. So, John, once again, it's been great to get to know you. Thank you for sharing today. I look forward to staying in touch with you. My pleasure. Absolutely. Likewise. Thank you, sir. Lab Coat Agents Podcast.